Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. On today's show, I'm going to talk about love bombing and why it is often a part of the cycle of abuse. This is the second part of a three-part series about psychological manipulation and abuse to help you have an understanding of this in case it is something which is happening to you. Love bombing is one of those terms which gets thrown around a lot, so let's find out what it's all about. Just a caution, if you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back any time you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. A big thank you to our sponsor today, Kim Leng Leng author. Writing and weaving words together is her specialty and she wants to help you to get your words out into the world. She is a freelance writer, author, ghost writer, podcast host and she coordinates collaborative book projects helping people share their stories one word and one story at a time. Be sure to contact Kim Leng Leng to get your words and your story out into the world. Visit kimlengleng.author.com. So as I said, this episode is on love bombing. First, let's hear what the Wikipedia definition of love bombing is. Love bombing is an attempt to influence a person by demonstrations of attention and affection. It happens when someone overwhelms the victim with loving words or physical actions with manipulative behaviors. It can be used in different ways and for either positive or negative purposes. Psychologists have identified love bombing as a possible part of a cycle of abuse and have warned against it. Critics of cults all use the phrase with the implication that the love is feigned and that the practice is psychological manipulation in order to create a feeling of unity within the group against a society perceived as hostile. In 2011, clinical psychologist Oliver James advocated love bombing in his book, Love Bombing, Reset Your Child's Emotional Thermostat as a means for parents to rectify emotional problems in their children. So it's really interesting to hear that love bombing is not exclusively associated with abusive relationships. But this term gets thrown around a lot in relation to abusive relationships. So when you hear the term, a lot of people will immediately associate that with abuse. But that aspect of love bombing is what we will focus on in this episode today. So... Amy Kaplan, psychotherapist, explains that anyone is capable of love bombing. 
but it's most often a symptom of narcissistic personality disorder. Love bombing is largely an unconscious behavior. It's about really getting the other person. Then when they feel like they really got the person and they feel secure in the relationship, the narcissist typically switches and becomes very difficult, abusive or manipulative, complex. So love bombing is used to win over trust and affection. It is there to tug on your heartstrings so that they have the upper hand again and have the feeling of control. It can also puff up the abuser's ego, giving them self-validation that they are good because of their displays of love and affection, which in their mind cancels out any wrongdoing and makes them a good person, not an abuser. Again, it's really complex. This allows them to avoid taking responsibility for any wrongdoing and it helps them to perpetuate the cycle of abuse. Basically, it helps them to keep the cycle of abuse going. Now, I'm not saying that the victim is at fault in any way for this because the abuser is using psychological manipulation to make the victim soften and give the abuser another chance to be a loving, caring, respectful partner, which is what anybody would wish for. How else can we as humans give each other grace to make mistakes and learn from them? We all rely on second chances. But the narcissist does not take this opportunity when they love bomb to address their abusive behavior or take responsibility for their abusive behavior. Instead, they use the psychological manipulation to sweeten you up, to make you soften enough to let them back into the relationship and back into your heart again. And when they see that you are ready to give them another chance, they will often make false promises to tell you what you need to hear then before you know it, they are back to their abusive behaviours. Now, we all need love. We all need validation. And it is only natural to expect that to be given in a loving relationship. So... Knowing this need is a valid one is what makes victims so susceptible to love bombing. The love bombing fills a purpose of replenishing the void that has been created by the abuse. And because victims are running on empty, being hurt and made to feel worthless, they soak up the love bombing like a sponge. 
Now, one of the signs of love bombing in the start of a relationship shows up in the form of intense attention during a short space of time with a push for a commitment. So in my own experience, right at the beginning, I know that um, I had been aching to find somebody to be in a relationship with and when my charismatic ex-partner came along and he told me all the things that I had been dying to hear somebody say to me about how special that he thought I was and how any man who would let me go would be mad. Now, you know, in my mind at that time, there weren't any alarm bells in him saying that. For me, it made me feel valued and it made me feel special. And this is what we seek when we go into a relationship with somebody. So he was showing me all those positive signs that I needed to see to make me feel valued and special. So it's very easy in those early days in the relationship when you're getting this burst of, you know, loving attention and validation to see that as just being normal and being sort of exactly what you've been waiting to hear, which is very much my own experience. So when we are open and trusting, we hear someone tell us things, we are longing to be told, we can see this kind of thing as being an indicator that this relationship is worth investing ourselves emotionally in, as I said you can be looking through those beautiful rose-coloured glasses where the power of infatuation makes an early sign of love, love bombing seem very, very normal, which makes it really, really difficult to interpret until you are further down the track with the relationship. So please don't give yourself a hard time if you were like me and fell for the charm and the intense attention like I did. Now, psychologist Dale Archer identifies the phrases of love bombing with the acronym IDD, which stands for Intense Idealization, Devaluation, Discard. It is a cycle, so it repeats over and over again. So it starts with big statements of love and gestures to, again, make a statement of love. This puts you up on a pedestal being made to feel valued and loved. Next comes the abusive behavior which can come in the form of treating you with disrespect or worse. So maybe this is psychologically telling you that you should 
watch what you eat because carrying extra weight is a turnoff. Or maybe it's something like it's sexually making you feel pressured to do things that you don't really want to do. Because if you don't, you're being made to feel as though you're not showing your commitment to the relationship. Or maybe it's financial. Maybe you find he is holding the purse strings all of a sudden and you are being drip-fed money. There is such a long, long list of examples of the type of behaviour that goes into this part of the cycle where you are being devalued. This stage is all about making you lose confidence in yourself. And when you lose confidence in yourself, it is easy for the abuser to step in and take control. Now, the next part of the cycle is when the abuser discards you. Now, this might be something like disappearing and becoming uncontactable if you are not living together. And this can cause you all sorts of worry and doubt and, you know, you kind of, you've been left hanging, like just what's going on? Why isn't he getting back to me? Why can't I get a hold of him? It's just nothing. There's just nothing there. You've got nothing to hold on to. Now, this can even happen when you're living together. So when you're living together and when you are expecting your partner to come home at a certain time, but they don't come when it's when they're expected to come home and then you try and contact them to see if they're okay, to see what the delay is. You can't reach them. They're uncontactable. And then, you know, you're left worrying again, you're left hanging again, not knowing. And this just leaves you feeling very unnerved and on edge and you have a loss of control. And then they turn up. When they do turn up, they accuse you of being controlling just because you express your concern that they were uncontactable. So again, this is all about causing you to feel insecure. And when you are insecure about where you stand in the relationship, they again have the upper hand and have the power. Each part of the cycle is intense. And the only time when you are made to feel secure about the relationship is during the love bombing stage. And that is why this is such a powerful tool for abusers to use. They know that making you feel secure again gives them the power to keep perpetuating the cycle. So... Let's just talk about some red flags which might indicate you are being love-bombed in a relationship. 
maybe if some of these things are happening, maybe you've just met a good person who truly understands your worth and wants to show you love with affection, gifts and promises. And that is wonderful because, you know, that is the ideal kind of relationship. But if this is what you have, then they will never disrespect you. They will never put you down. They will build you up. They won't tear you down. They will do what they say they will do. They will turn up when expected or they will have the courtesy to let you know what is keeping them from keeping that expectation and not because of any power you have over them just out of normal consideration. They will not pressure you to do anything you are not comfortable doing. They will never hurt you. They will never discard you. They will treat you with respect and as an equal. But love bombers will treat you very differently to that. And there will be some red flags for you to look out for. One of these red flags is that they shower you with an intense amount of affection, as I said. Now, this might be where you have a thought at the time it's happening like, that's a little intense. You know, I think you know what I mean. Um, It just seems to be a bit over the top. Now, There's the normal lovey-dovey stuff that couples do in public and then it can get a little bit too much and, you know, I think that you know what I'm talking about without me going into graphic detail about that. Now, another red flag could be that you are being showered with gifts And you notice that the gifts seem to only appear after the abuser has discarded you and made you feel completely insecure in the relationship. You may be thinking things like, I can't go on like this with this relationship. I don't know what else to do. I give up. And then the next thing you know, you receive gifts to show you how much he loves you and you're hooked again. Then there are promises for a future together. They will say things like, you are the only one for me. You are my one true love. You know this was love at first sight and I think I want to marry you. (laughs) Now again, these things can be said and a hundred percent mean something but that's not the case in a cycle of abuse in a cycle of abuse the promises are made to make you again hand over your heart with the belief that they value you so much that they are committed to the relationship your mind jumps forward 
to seeing you working things out and carving out this beautiful life together. The only trouble is they have no intention of honouring their promises. They are just a ploy to keep reeling you in for more of the same. And when you show an interest in anything outside of the relationship, they will go into the second phase of the cycle and become passive aggressive and accuse you of being selfish. And if you don't withdraw your interest from outside of the relationship, the abuser then goes into the devaluation stage again and the abuser can withdraw all the affection and instead punish you however they feel appropriate whether it's shouting you know berating you playing mind games giving you the silent treatment or even becoming physically abusive here are some more signs that your relationship has alarm bells of love bombing One, your partner does a great job of making you feel as though you could do better. Now, what I mean by this is that this can play out in a couple of different ways, but the tactic that they use is to put you up on a pedestal, like I said before, by telling you how clever you are, how amazing you are, how good you are, and all of these things are said to just puff you up. Now, then they will either tell you that you are too good for other people in your life and this will do a great job of alienating you and making you more codependent on your partner because they're causing you to lose faith in your judgment of the people that you associate with. Or after your partner has acted abusively towards you they will apologize and make promises and then in the same breath tell you that they don't deserve you and you could do so much better they have already pulled all the cords on the emotional heartstrings by apologizing and making promises never to do it again and telling you how much they love you and would do anything for you and then They use psychological manipulation to make you feel sorry for them. I'm no stranger to that one. That happened a lot to me. It was one of the repeating tactics that um, my ex-partner would use with me to feel sorry for him and and when I felt sorry for him then that would make me soften and make me open up my heart again to give him another chance so it was a great you know great method to to keep me exactly where he wanted me to be now remember that I said that a lot of these things are happening unconsciously so um the narcissist or the uh, the abuser is not even uh cognizant or aware necessarily that they are perpetuating this cycle themselves of behavior they just 
know instinctively the tactics that have worked for them and they will continue to repeat these because they know that they've worked in the past. So um, I'll keep going. Another one is that they do a great job of telling you exactly what you want to hear. They know exactly what to say to to win you over, especially when they have tried this tactic in the past, like I said, and it's worked. They will pull the same card over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, knowing that they can maintain control this way and that you will soften again and you'll give them the affection and the attention that they are seeking. So just remember that um, that narcissists crave the same love and validation as as we do. Um, their insecurities are the things where their abusive behaviors stem from. And these insecurities are projected onto ourselves as the the victim in the relationship now I just thought I would make mention of that because this is one of the reasons why you know a cycle of abuse is not simple you know I can read through all these things to look out for and it doesn't make it easy to make things black and white there's many many different shades of gray and these shades of gray can be so similar that it's very hard to distinguish them as being good or bad and especially when you're in the moment and if you remember that we are driven by our emotions. So when our heart is vested in a relationship and, you know, and there's all this emotion going into each drama that the narcissist is creating in our lives. And so we are very much fueled by emotion through this whole cycle of abuse and it becomes so emotionally charged all the time whether it's you know those loving emotions they're, they're all heightened and they're all you know bigger and more explosive than what normal life should be and so this is what makes the cycle of abuse such a powerful thing and makes it so challenging for people to break this cycle and I say it's challenging I don't say it's impossible okay and this is the thing because it feels as though it's impossible when you are caught in this cycle of abuse and I'm going to talk a bit more about that after I finish going through these last few points that I'm going to make about love bombing to help you to identify whether this is something that is happening to you in the relationship that you're in because there's a lot of information out there but this podcast is here 
as a safe space for victims and survivors of abuse. This podcast is here to help you to work through these things and work out if this is something that's happening to you because so much of the abuse impacts psychologically and can make you second guess yourself, can make you um, just not trust in your own judgment any longer. And so this is the reason why um, we as victims, especially when things are very fresh, will need to have lots of validation. And it's not because there's anything fundamentally wrong with you. It's just been created by the situation that you've been in. So that cycle of abuse has eroded your self-confidence, has eroded your judgment, has eroded your sense of self-worth. And the tools that I teach, which are to help you to remember, to help you to tune back into your intuition, to start trusting in yourself again, to be able to make decisions in your life again and make them with some confidence because it impacts on every area of our life and there is a way forward and there is a path to healing and recovery but the first part in this episode here is talking about what goes on at the time when you are in the cycle and working this out so even if you're listening to this and you are through the other side of your abusive relationship and you are listening and you're going, yep, that happened to me. I'm ticking that box. I'm ticking that one. Yeah, definitely. All of these things happened. I hope that, you know, some of the things that I'm sharing with you now about the impacts and how these things can impact every aspect of your life as you move forward is going to help you to really invest yourself in your recovery and know that recovery is possible but recovery doesn't happen with wishful thinking recovery happens when you engage with acknowledging that you need support and with seeking the right sorts of support to help you to give you the tools that you need to build you know, yourself back up again and to be able to stand up strong and be strong and capable in your life because the triggers, the fallout from the abusive relationship can remain there indefinitely. But as time goes by and as as you acquire more skills in in dealing with it and knowing how to respond to it differently and having a, a place, a foundation of calm that you've created again for yourself in your life and you've created the stability underneath your feet. You know, these kinds of foundations are the things which help you to deal with those triggers as they come back at you through your life as you move forward so whether that means that you get into another relationship again and 
you um, you learn how to deal with your triggers as you go through a new relationship and you understand more about the need to put safe boundaries around yourself so that if things don't work out in this relationship, you're keeping yourself safe. You know what your limits are and, um, and yeah, you're not going to compromise on, on those things. You've learned that there are certain things that are non-negotiable in your life. You understand that you can communicate something to your new partner to tell them that you're going to need to give me time because I've been through what I've been through and there are going to be things that you do which I can't tell you what they're going to be until they happen but these things will trigger me and I'm going to need you to just understand that I need time to process that and that may mean that I need to step back for a time while I'm working through that that may mean that I react disproportionately to what's happened but understand that it's my trigger and I'm working on it so and anybody who is worth their salt in a new relationship will understand and will do what they can to support you in that so um, I hope that if you are out the other side that you know there is still some merit for you in episodes like this but for those of you who are still in it I'm going to finish off now with the last few points and then I have something that I want to share with you so now I touched on this already but um, when they do shower you with expensive gifts you are told how much they cost and the reason that they're telling you this is because it's a ploy to make you attribute a quantifiable value to the thing they have given you and what this does is it makes you feel beholden to give them something back in return so there are some strings attached to that gift. It's clear that they want something back and again they have asserted control over you. Another one worth mentioning is be wary of excessive compliments. Okay, What happens when the abuser compliments you over and over again is that eventually you feel obligated to say something nice to them in return, even if you don't feel like it. And the other thing which can occur from this is that you form a dependence on receiving this kind of validation from your partner, okay? Other people may say similar things to you, but it never seems to hold as much meaning to you as when your partner says these things to you. So when he says it, it's got this weight because of the expectation that has been set up in you through repetition to be that he is the go-to person for that kind of validation. 
And this is where codependency can take more of a hold and isolate you further from your friends and from other people in your life. Another one is staking their claim. This is a tactic that a love bomber will use to shower you with the the physical and digital forms of affection, okay? So being all touchy-feely publicly, giving proof that they really like you. So, you know, it could be by posting, you know, like pictures of you, you know, hugging and looking adoringly at each other and, you know, saying she's my girl and all those sorts of things. But what that does is it establishes this, you know, strong bond between you that other people are witness to. And this then will make other people question why you would want to pull away from the relationship when the cycle of abuse is underway and they're like well I don't get it because they look picture perfect to me I don't know if anyone is relating to that but it certainly um yeah really resonates with me because I know that that's very much what um, what my situation was like and I know that you know we just presented as this ridiculous kind of Barbie and Ken type of you know picture perfect couple but on the inside you know it was just a mess an absolute mess but we'd be you know publicly we were smiling we were gorgeous and everyone thought everything was great so this is a you know it's a really really clever tactic and it's part of gaslighting which is there to undermine you and and your judgment so you know everyone's like well you come across as being really happy and really together you know kind of couple so I don't get what all this instability stuff is about so I um that was very much true very much true for me another one is that there's a it is just a continuation of what I just talked about but you're partner makes you believe you did something wrong when you haven't because of their unwillingness to take responsibility for their actions they make you feel responsible for their behavior and yeah I mean yeah this is you know again it's very very true to to the things that were happening for me and um, in the cycle of abuse that I was caught up in and um I think you know I never wanted to make anybody feel bad about anything and I'm still like that you know I if I can make people happy I will try and make people happy if I can inspire people I will try and inspire people if I can motivate people I will try and motivate people that's me um And so if, you know, I called my ex out on doing something wrong, it felt incredibly wrong to me to be doing that. I, um, one of the things I really love and appreciate about um, my new partner, my husband, is that he is a self-learner. So 
he has that much self-awareness that if there is an issue that crops up between us, he's self-correcting. I don't have to say anything to him because he's aware of what he's done. And so he will change that thing in himself because he's like, that needs to be adjusted. That's not right. And, you know, that's really like it's, I I appreciate that so much because of what I've been through in the past. And I know what the contrast is like when I've been with the opposite, who is somebody who never wants to take any responsibility for anything. And then, you, you know, you're dragged into this drama and this, you know, these, um, you know, confrontations about what they've done wrong. And, you know, it's like, banging your head up against a wall because, you know, there's no way they want to take any responsibility for anything that they've done. And so in the end, you're just left with this frustration and worse than that, you're you're feeling horrible for pointing something bad out about somebody else. So I don't know if this is just me or if you guys can relate to that too, but Um, yeah, I just, I thought I'd share that now. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I really have to just make, make mention of this too, because this may, um, yeah, this may resonate with somebody who's listening, but I remember that my ex used to say to me when he'd have one of his jealous tirades that it was my fault and the reason it was my fault is because I was so beautiful. <laughs> I was like, I mean, you know, just I'm not going to say anything more, but it is um, not right. Obviously, it's not right. But this is him just, you know, twisting things and making, trying to make me the one who's responsible for his abusive behavior okay so I thought that was an example that um, somebody else might relate to okay another one is that you're expected to supply all the affection that they want so they expect you to always be ready to show them attention and affection and give them what they want in that moment they behave unreasonably if you won't give them what they want in that moment. They do all sorts of things like fly off the handle and threaten to do drastic things. Now, I remember, and this is far from being funny, but again, I think, you know, it's going to resonate with um, with some listeners as if you are a a parent, um, this may resonate with you because I think that it's actually quite common of uh, narcissistic relationships. But my ex used to be so jealous of our children because they took my time away from him. And it wasn't just that, you know, like that shift, but he really did want me to dote on him like a child and um and he was very 
childish in the way he behaved about that. So, um, so this is also like one of those red flags to, to look out for. Okay. Um, it's, it's a really, it's a really strong red flag actually. Um, and one that you should pay attention to if it's happening because you, you need support, um, to work through that. So now if you answered yes, to lots of the things which I have highlighted in this episode then and if you are still in that abusive relationship it's time to reach out and get some support. Now where do you begin? Okay the first question you need to answer is has it already gotten physically violent? If the answer is yes, then the place to start is by involving the police and restrain and seeking a restraining order through the courts with their help. You'll automatically be linked, and this I know this in Australia, I'm not sure of other countries, um, but you know, it's certainly worth finding out from the police if they are linked to family violence support services because these services will help you to leave the relationship. Okay, so they there will be a link to a refuge service so that you can exit the relationship immediately. And I know that um, that this seems like too much to contend with, you know, too much to to grapple with. But if it has already gotten violent, you need to be prepared to leave without knowing your next steps. Okay, I know it would be great to have a crystal ball and know exactly the way the system works and know exactly which steps to take and which order to take them. But each decision you make should be led by one consideration, and that is your safety. So whatever is going to keep you safe is the best thing to be doing. And if staying is putting your safety at risk, then you should not be staying. And I know that I've said in episodes past, it's not for me to say whether you should stay or whether you should go. And I still own that statement because I'm not God, (laughs) you know. I'm just a person who has been through an abusive relationship. I am a person who has been through an abusive relationship in which things became life-threatening. Up until that point, you know, I was kidding myself. For a long time, I believed that he was the one with the problem. He should be the one to leave me alone 
he should be the one to leave the children alone. But he was never going to do that. And it needed to get to that point for me to understand that it was my safety that was at risk. That I couldn't stop, I, I needed to stop playing with fire. And I needed to do whatever I needed to do to get myself and my children to safety. And so I did. And it was not easy. I'm not going to tell you that leaving is easy. Things often escalate when you try to leave. But I'm not telling you to make an announcement if you are going to leave, okay? So if you are thinking about leaving, you need to plan this without being open, okay? You need to keep this close to your chest. The only people who should know about this are the specialist services, perhaps a trusted friend, perhaps family if they are trusted, okay? But you've got to be very, very selective about who knows. When I left, I cut myself off from my friends and my family for a time to get myself and my children to safety, to make sure that our safety was not compromised when we moved to a new location. These are the types of real considerations for women who are in abusive relationships. And I don't know what your situation is like. I don't know what the level of risks are for you. All I know is that if you are in a cycle of abuse, there are always risks to your safety. And you need to consider that. So take a big deep breath like I've just done. And reach out, reach out, okay? Don't stay where you are on your own. You don't have to be alone going through this. And I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to support you. I'm certainly not here to judge you. I'm not here to judge you if you decide you weren't going to stay. Okay. I just want you to know that you and your life are precious. And I want you to heal and recover from the abuse. 
I want to make this light at the end of this episode because it's, you know, it's it's huge. It's an absolutely huge um, thing to be talking about. Love, love, you know, is such a powerful, powerful force in life. But if you're not receiving the love that you deserve, then I want you to know that you need to love yourself as you deserve and give yourself what you deserve and not wait for your partner to maybe change. And I'll just before we wrap up, I just will actually talk about that for one moment because if you are thinking like me, if you are full of wishful thinking that it might work out without you needing to uproot your life. So just to remind you, I'm not asking you to go to your partner who you believe is abusing you and love bombing you and accuse them of those things. That's the last thing I want you to do. Just because you have had this revelation does not mean that you are going to be able to get them to understand that this is what they are doing to you and set them to change their ways. This has to be handled very carefully and each thing you do, as I said, should always be led by what is going to keep you safe. Now, behavioural change can be possible. But before you open up to that possibility, you need to ensure that you have super strong, safe boundaries around yourself to keep yourself safe. If this means physically leaving the relationship and opening the door to couples counselling and allowing time to provide evidence of behavioural change before making any new commitments in the relationship, then this may be a path forward to healing. But... That does not mean that you should stay. So when your trust has been broken, when you've been abused, being open and trusting somebody on the merit of their word is no longer enough. Because you need to see somebody walk their talk. You need to see somebody live out what they say they will do. You need evidence. So anybody who is worth their salt will be prepared to be patient will be prepared to do the necessary work 
that is needed to help you feel safe. You deserve love and you deserve to feel safe. Not only do you deserve to feel safe, it is your right to feel safe and be safe in your relationship. Remember that. It is your right. Okay, that's it for today's episode. It's been a big one. I hope that it's helped. Um, I know there's been a lot to wrap your head around in this episode. I just know that I, I wish you well. <laughs> I always wish you well. And I wish you to stay safe. Okay, take care. Until next time. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel, but when I turned a corner in my life, the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow, hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset, spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories 
and in science, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes? to let other women know this is a show they can trust. It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe. Sandy.